It's time for the Business Done Differently show, where it's all show business with the ultimate showman himself, the man in the yellow tux, Jesse Cole. It's showtime. Excited to have Joe Calloway with us today. Joe is a legend when it comes to authors out there. You know, I love how you're laughing at that, but you look at a lot of authors and they sometimes are one-hit wonders. They write this amazing book, but Joe, as my staff knows here, from Be the Best That Matters Most, the magnetic, to work like you're showing off, to keep it simple, every book you keep producing is outstanding. So excited to have you on the show today. No more excited than I am to be here, Jesse, I guarantee you. Outstanding. And like I mentioned in the pre-show, we are using you like a guinea pig today, Joe. It is the first uh, shift in the show. No longer find your yellow tux, now business done differently. And we are going to do crazy segments games. So the question is, are you ready to have a little fun today? Bring it. I'm ready. (laughs) Bring it. Outstanding. All right. Well, the first segment is... Excited or scared? And I really want to know, what are you working on right now that's got you excited? Oh, gosh. It's got me excited and scared. And I, my, my, one of my prime beliefs is that the best stuff is usually equal parts exciting and terrifying. And what I'm doing right now is I'm basically changing my product offering. I'm changing. I do a lot of speaking at conventions and with leadership groups. And I'm really changing the nature of what that is. And in in conjunction with that, I'm changing my target market. So I'm basically basically giving up something that has been working like a charm to try something that may or may not work. We'll find out. But yeah, it's scary, but it's also exciting. Now, why are you changing everything up? Uh, pers- it's, it's not for any business reason. It is personal a uh, preference, personal interest. I got bored with the way I was doing it. And, but in a nutshell, Jesse, what I'm doing is I'm continuing to go much more on an interactive um, path rather than me standing in front of groups doing speeches, which I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I'm done, you know, been there, done that. And so what really gets me excited is a lot of interaction with the audience and, um, you know, some people want that and some people don't, but that's, I'm, I'm going all in on that. Well, and there's a value to reinventing yourself. If it's the same Joe Calloway for the last 15, 20 years, then people might not be as excited as they exactly. are seeing something new. So that's great. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. All right, let's move on to story time. Joe, you open, you know, the book Becoming a Category of One, and I think it's your second chapter, and you said it's one of the toughest questions, and it's what's your story? And you ask that to numerous business owners, and they often have a challenge answering that. So I'm throwing it right back at you, Joe. What's your story? Yeah, my simple answer to that is, uh, and this does work, this appeals to to my market. my, My simple answer to that is, I help great companies get better. And that resonates with a, with a lot of businesses out there <clears throat> that are saying, you know what, <clears throat> we've just come off our best two years ever, but we know, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that we've got to bump it up a notch. We know we've got to raise the bar. So we're really good at what we do and we're experiencing success. But how do we take it to the next level when you're already really good? That's who I want to play with. And so that's that's really my story. I help great companies get even better. Now, has 
has your story changed? I mean, has that been your story since you got into this business and started writing and speaking, or has it changed? It's changed. That started being my story probably about five years ago. And as I said just a minute ago, the way I'm doing that is really going through a big change right now. I'm going to much smaller audiences. I'm going to much more interactive. But the story is still pretty much the same, helping great companies get better. Now, so do you, when you're working with companies, are you open to suggesting, hey, this can be your story for your business for maybe a couple of years, but it's okay to change, it's going to change, because I think everyone focuses so much on their purpose, their mission, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, that can change? Do you advise that? I don't advise it, but, but I say it certainly can. Okay. Uh, I, know, I know people that have had, I know a, a good friend of mine that's got a, oh my gosh, He's got a landscaping business. It is so successful, it's just off the charts. And he's had the same purpose, vision, mission for, gosh, I guess going on 25 years. Wow. And that works fine for him. Then there's people like me that I'm a moving target. Um, that I, I change, change stuff around all the time. So I think it could work either way. It just I'm, I'm a great believer in, in do what works. There is no one template for how you're supposed to do it. 100%. And that, that's a great example of the landscaping company. And I think one thing, Joe, that makes your books outstanding is the constant new stories and you know, actual practical advice from different businesses and not the typical, you know, the Ubers and Airbnbs and Facebooks that we hear about. You dive into small businesses. So is there one story that really stands out for you of a business that really nailed what their story is and can sell it? You know, I, I, I think, I, let me just stick stick with the landscaping scaping company because it's a remarkable story. It's Marty Grunder in Dayton, Ohio, and his company is Grunder Landscaping. He started when he was 14 using his dad's lawnmower mowing yards. By the time he was a junior in college, his lawn mowing business was making $200,000 a year. Wow. wow. <laughs> he had guys all over town working for him mowing yards. Now he's got about 60 employees. It's the most it's the most gorgeous company. It reminds me of you, Jesse, because he doesn't do it unless he does it right. And at the same time, he's willing to try new things. But M Marty is one of the most effective leaders of a small business I've ever known. And part of the secret to that is that we mentioned earlier that he sticks with his vision and his purpose and the values, but he talks about that stuff with his employees all the time. Love it. I, I mean, just over and over and over. And it's in the DNA of everybody that works there. And uh, and man, it has so paid off for for all of them in the marketplace because they know who they are, they know what their story is, and they they believe in it and they love it. And that's amazing because so many small businesses become so owner dependent, and it sounds like he's been so repeatable of the core values and what they believe in that he could take time off and the company would still deliver. So exactly, yeah, yeah. sounds like an outstanding company. All right, we're going to move on to categories, and I know you are big on this. We've talked about it briefly. But I think I keep hearing more about this from books like Play Bigger, you know, in the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, Law Number 2, and then yourself in Becoming a Category 1. And I think the Blue Ocean Strategy also talks about you have to define and find your own category. And even with podcasts right now, we're trying to mix it up because it's so difficult. You know, what category do you see yourself in, Joe? 
You know, it's interesting, Jesse, because I'm in a really, there are a ton of people in my category, and, and by that I mean this, people say, we want a business speaker for our leadership retreat. Well, my gosh, there's there's a thousand people they could choose from. But what, what I think sets me apart, and, and I've got about 35 years of history to, to kind of back this up, when I look at myself, because I, I really am the product uh, in my business, and when I look at what I do, I think I've got an ability to personally connect with people in an audience situation, and that's, that's what sets me apart. Uh, the feedback that we get from clients, so often they say, Joe just had a way of connecting with our people on a human level that just made the message that so much more effective. And so I really try to, to God, I really try to always remember these are people that I'm dealing with. These aren't just faces. These aren't numbers. These are real people. And, and just <laughs> for me to be as human as I can possibly be in my, in my interactions with them. And that makes 100% why you're pivoting a little bit and not speaking in front of a couple thousand, 3,000 more of an intimate group so you can become interactive and then potentially amplify your strengths, which I think a lot of people don't think about all the time. Yeah, I, th I think absolutely. And you know, the other thing about establishing your own category, and I go back to the old three-legged stool formula, what is what is it that you do extremely well that you love to do, and then there's got to be the third component that there is a market for? Now, now how, does, how does someone find that? Like, if, if you say, hey, I'm outstanding at this, and I love doing it, but how do they find if there is an actual market for it, and they can create a category that way? You listen, you put it out there. That's what the nature of a startup is as much about learning as anything else. Yeah. And when you start, you've got to know there's a real good chance it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, I do stuff all the time that doesn't work. I think it's the greatest idea since horses. But I put it out there to the market, and the market goes, nah, not so much. You like it, but we don't like it. You, you know, I'm not going to let you just get off of that. We're, we're going to move right ahead to fail and tell then. <laughs> you were talking about some examples of things that you've done, and, you know, you look at all your successes, but what are some, you know, some failures that you've had with your businesses? I've got a spectacular one. <laughs> it, it, luckily, it didn't impact me financially a whole lot, although I've had some of those. But uh, this and this was a couple of years ago, but it was just spectacular. I was invited to join a group. There were 12 of us and we were we were going to do a thing where people would sign up. And for something like thirty nine dollars a month, they would get this series of videos and newsletters and helpful things from 12 different people in 12 different fields. And a lot of the people in this group have massive social media followings. Yeah. So we were reaching up to, I mean, Jesse, it was bumping on a million people <laughs> to, to sell this thing. Listen to this. Hold on. We sold one. <laughs> one. I mean, and here's the reason for it. You look back and... It, we were spread so thin and it was so diversified and so broad that you look at the product and just go, I don't, I don't know what it's about. It's about everything. And mm -hmm. if it's about everything, that means it's about nothing. Yeah. So 
huge bomb in the marketplace. Outstanding. So you weren't able to niche down. You know, it, it's funny because I think a lot of times young entrepreneurs, they don't have these epic, huge failures. And I think it's easy to question yourself, have you not tried enough things? You know, for instance, I'll let share a few of our failures. Like, you know, we did a flatulence fun night my second year where, <laughs> where, where we literally gave away whoopee cushions at the gate, had a bean burger eating contest. And, uh, you know, only about 300 people showed up. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, we tried a salute to underwear night where we threw out underwear in the crowd and you know actually if people wore underwear over their pants they got it for free it was the most unfamily friendly thing we've ever done um (laughs) but it's trying the new things you know a few years later we tried the world's largest tickets and literally they were the size of huge posters we thought they were great our our customers and fans hated them (laughs) because they couldn't even fit them in their bags so but you know it's not like that's an epic failure like i'm blown away with a million plus followers you guys only sold one um one yeah, it's unbelievable. But I think it's it's the key if you're not having, you know, don't encourage failure, but maybe just have small little failures here and there at least shows that you're trying new things. Would you agree? I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 listen, success is way, way, way more better than failure. <laughs> but you've got to be willing to risk. And particularly if you've got a small business, I mean, you, you've got to be willing to take a risk. You've got to be willing to fail every now and then, and, but because here's the thing about failure, to state the obvious, even if you fail, you're going to get some information. You're going to get information that, you know what, people hate giant tickets. <laughs> yep. Let's let's not do that again. So on some level, you're going to learn something. 100%, 100%. All right, we are going to move to our first game now. Uh, Joe, it is time for the first ever Price is Right on Business Done Differently. So basically, yes. I'm going to name, I'm going to give you a thing, you have to guess the price. Remember, you always want to come under. Um, so it's either the price or the dollar figure or the percentage, and the key is to come under. Are you ready? Okay, I'll try. All right. According to Wells Fargo, what's the average amount of money needed for a startup? $18,000. Ooh, good guess, but you would be over $10,000 according to Wells Fargo. That's a pretty good guess, though, right there. (laughs) All right, here with us. What percentage of 28.1 million small businesses have zero employees? And this is from QuickBooks this past year. Percentage of 28.1 million small businesses have zero employees. 32%. You were under, but it's actually 80%. So oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking, I bet it's huge. Yeah. And I bet I'm wrong. <laughs> so I went way down. Well, Joe, this game's just you versus yourself. So you're doing okay so far. So. Yeah, but I'm real competitive. <laughs> All right, a few more. Here we go. The average total revenue of small businesses with zero employees. So those 80% that have zero employees, what is their average total revenue? $232,000. Joe, you were extremely over. It's $44,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was stupid. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll finish with some of the final two here. Of those small businesses, how many earn less than 25000 a year? What percentage? Sole proprietorships. They could be just doing something yeah. on the side. Um. 75%. Ooh, yes. Yeah, 67. You were within 8%. Beautiful. You know, right. you know pretty good. I was good. in the ballpark. <laughs> you were. I was in the ballpark. Great pun. Final question here. What percentage of businesses fail because of cash flow problems? 65%. Yes, 82%. But you were under. I'm going to give you that one, Joe. I, I, you officially won Price is Right against yourself. 
So you are the official. <laughs> but, uh, it's going on my resume, buddy, uh, this yeah. afternoon. Yeah, but amazing statistics right there. Thanks for playing with us. All right, we're back into the show now in the interview. Joe, I want to talk about uh, Simplify. And, you know, your book you just came out with, Keep It Simple, dramatically different than your other books. Uh, you, yeah. in fact, kept it simple. I want to, you know, get more of your thoughts on simplification because I feel businesses are staying way too complex. You look at their menus and it's four pages long when you go to a restaurant. You know, yeah. what are practical steps that you could use or someone could use to simplify their business? Yeah, here's something that I'm working with a lot, a lot, a lot of companies on right now. And it's and it's working extremely well. And there are a lot of examples of companies that do this that I didn't work with at all. But they're they're doing the same thing. Here's the, here's the question, and, and it's on three levels. Here's the question I'll, I'll invite your listeners to answer. Number one, what are the three things that your company has to get right every day, all day long, in order to succeed? Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Uh, there's, a, there's Old Dominion Freight. There's a trucking company, incredibly successful, that I work with. I, I love them. Their three things are, number one, pick it up when you said you would. Number two, deliver it when you said you would. Number three, deliver it intact and all there. Now, there are some trucking companies that would say, we got a million things to do every day. At Old Dominion, they say, nope, we got three things. And if we nail those three things, we're gold. Now, the other two levels are, if you're with a bigger company, what are the three things that your team or your department have to do, get right every day in order to succeed and for the company to succeed. And then individually, what are the three things that you, either as a leader or as an individual? See, for me, Jesse, I'm a one-person company. Mm -hmm. So I've just got the three things, and it's it's the company and it's me. But I, I stay focused on those three things you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with my book, Be the Best at What Matters Most. But the, the, the toughest part of that is figuring out what matters most. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. When you, when you decide what's important, then you, and this is another great way to simplify, you make decisions in advance. Um, it, it's like at In-N-Out Burger, one of their three things is we will only serve the freshest, highest quality food. Well, if the director of purchasing goes to the CEO and says, hey, I found us the best deal in the world on lettuce, CEO is going to say, is it the freshest, highest quality lettuce? If the director of purchasing says, well, maybe not the highest quality, then the answer is going to be no, because they've decided in advance, we will serve only the freshest, highest quality food. So I, I, I'm a great believer in the number three. What are the three things that can really help you simplify Love it. And, and, you know, we've seen this with our business. It's fans first entertainment is the name of our business. Our mission is fans first entertain always. So when it comes to inner game day staff, any staff, just however, take care of people. What's fans first. Yeah. So you don't have yeah. to ask them questions like, how, what's your policy on that? We don't have policies. It's take care of the fans. And when you can simplify it to a few words or a yep. sentence or three things, it seems to win. And you, you made a great example, too, in, the, in Magnetic about an advertising firm. It was, number one, do great work. Number two, make yep. money. Three, have fun. And four, don't work, work with people you can't stand, which I love. Number four, that's one of my favorite ideas of all time. Don't work with people you can't stand. Oh, my gosh, I love that so No much. matter. 
matter no matter what they're paying. See, a lot of times you'll have people that'll pay you a lot, and, it, and the stresses that your staff will take, you know, deal with. It's not worth it because if you're going to work with people like that, it shows your staff that you're worrying about money more than you're worrying about the difference you make and the impact. Listen, there are jobs and great big fat paychecks that I now, and I've gotten really good at it now. I will walk away from them because the person on the other end of the check is a jerk and I don't want to hang out with them. Love it. That's the way to do it. All right. Beautiful. That was great on simplifying. Now, deets about the tweet. Now, Joe, I went through your Twitter and you're a lot of, you're a big, you're a big tweeter, man. I'm not even good on this tweeting, tweeting terms. I'm working on it right here. But you, <laughs> but you, you're a big retweeter. You obviously have a lot of connections on there. Yeah. But I want to, one tweet I noticed, this is what I believe is the single biggest obstacle to innovation. We can't imagine yeah. doing it a way other than the way we do it. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. The one one saying that a lot of people have heard that gets in the way of improvement is when you say, "But that's not the way we do it here." Mm-hmm. But but deeper than that, I honestly, and this is nobody's fault. My gosh, Jesse, I get caught in this trap. Mm-hmm. I think about what I need to do with my business. The trap I'm in is I can't imagine doing it any way other than the way it's done. It's like in my business, this is the way it's done. And it's really hard for me to pull myself out of that context and that limitation and think, yeah, but how else could it be done? And so uh, that's one of the big, big obstacles, I think, to innovation, to improvement, to reinvention. And I have to work really hard to imagine doing it differently than the way I'm already doing it. Love it. Outstanding. Beautiful. All right, moving on to a game, love it or leave it. Joe, basically, I'm going to list either a business entrepreneur, an owner, or a company. And you have to say either you love the company or you leave it be. It's not one you'd want to work with. All right? Right. All right, let's start with this one. Uh, Right now, we just went from uh, talking about the tweet, Twitter. Um, No, I I would have no desire to work there. Okay. Now, not just not just work there. The question is: Is it a company that you would either that you're supportive of, that you love, or you leave it, or you think they're going to be okay in the future? So, not. Uh, yeah. I think the jury's out. I, for, for, let, let me answer that in two ways. I am questioning the effectiveness of Twitter for my business, even though I've been doing it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I may leave it as a customer. Uh, and down the road, as far as what their future looks like. I think there's so many competitive threats out there. Well, I'll put it this way. I, I wouldn't invest in them. Okay, good, good. All right, Walmart. Leave it. Too many threats. Amazon. Yep. Uh, Evan Siegel, the founder of Snapchat and Snapchat. Um, th- 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 leave it because, number one, I don't know enough about it to love it. My daughter uses it. Uh, and also, again, I think that landscape changes so quickly. Mm, don't have faith in it. 100%. All right. What about Chipotle? Chipotle. I've read too much about Chipotle lately. Um, I'd have to say leave it. My my oldest daughter is, is one of their top 10 fans and top 10 customers. Loves it. I think their food's fine. But I've just read too much about Chipotle. I think their troubles run deep. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk, you know, love it. I like Vaynerchuk. I, I, I read his stuff. He always makes me think. Okay. Yeah, I, I like him. Beautiful. Uh, Yeti. 
Oh, Yeti. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the, the coolers, right? Yes. Yeah. Love them. Love it. Beautiful. And then the last one, I'll leave it open-ended for you. What fast food restaurant do you, will you love the most that you think will stand ahead as we go into the next 10, 20 years? Oh, man. That's a, that's a good question. Um, Chick-fil-A. Yep. Yep. Bingo. The lines are still outrageous there every single (laughs) day. (laughs) It doesn't matter what time. It could be 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Beautiful. All right, beautiful. Love it, leave it. That was great. Excellent. All right, now... Different strokes it takes. Different strokes to move the world. On to different strokes, Joe. And you and me are going to have some fun in this. This might even be a debate here. Better versus different. And I know you are so adamant about better beats different. And you know everything we try to do, yellow talks, the bananas, is different. So share with me why better beats different, and let's let's try to let, get into this a little bit. Let me tell you why you're successful, because you're better. <laughs> no, listen, Jesse, because your difference makes you a better entertainment value. Okay. If you were just different but not better, listen, I can be different by wearing a funny hat. Mm-hmm. You, you, but different means nothing unless it is also better so better is always so better is always better better is always better and different isn't necessarily better exactly okay you you win because you're different is better makes you better than everybody else so actually we have no debate we are on exactly (laughs) the same side yeah i mean if, if you go up there and just sing this terrible song when you're speaking in front of people that would be different but it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be that better would be different but, it, <laughs> but it, i wouldn't be better all right i guess i guess we're good here so you have to be better different can well, listen, be better let me give you let me give you an example all right i can have a steakhouse how can i be different by putting chocolate sauce on the steaks yep yep but that's not going to make it better and so i'm going to lose it'll be different but it's not going to get me the win Yes, that's a good point. A lot of people, they don't necessarily love our donut burgers with two donuts and a burger in the middle. It's exactly. different. Some people do love it. All right, I, I get it. I get it. I'm always going to – see, I always believe people need to be different to stand out, but don't be different for different sake. You need to be different, and different has to be better. So we are on the exactly. same page. Exactly, yes, yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Joe, now it's flip the script. You have one minute. You can ask me any question you want to. So we are completely flipping the script now. Cool. If you weren't doing what you're doing, uh, what would you be doing for a living? I would be on a cruise ship as probably the cruise entertaining director and going around <laughs> wearing probably a tuxedo or something and putting on a show. I think something, you know. Oh, no, that's cheating. Oh, that's, that's cheating. Uh, it's the same. You know, wait a minute. You're this is my show. And this is my show and you're calling, calling me cheating. <laughs> you're cheating. Cheater, cheater. You're just changing the venue, dude. You're not changing the job. Oh, so so I can't say like P.T. Barnum, I've absolutely loved. Now, I wouldn't say we're doing this at a sports. P.T. Barnum never did it in sports. So if I could reinvent, <laughs> if I could reinvent the circus, you know, I guess similar to like Circus Soleil, but make it even better and be yeah. a showman there. That is that is that cheating too, Joe? No, I like that. That's a good answer. All right, good. Is that it? You have about 20 seconds left. Is that it for flipping the script? Uh, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite restaurant that you've ever been to in your whole life? Ooh, we're going that. That's going to come out later in the Survivor Challenge. Favorite restaurant I've ever been to. You know, this is a, this is a sad thing, and I talk about this a lot. The fact that not one restaurant stands out for me right now 
is is a sad thing about the restaurant industry and shows that it needs to be disrupted. Because I'll tell you right now, I, I've had good meals, but it hasn't yeah. been an all the way through experience. And I eat out a lot. The, the fact yeah. is, very rarely do, am I greeted when I first walked in. Am I thanked when I get out? Does everyone come involved? Is there a surprise? You know, the other day I was blown away. I got a, um, when the bill came out, it was actually a thank you note instead of the bill. It was a bit, you know, it was a bit, the bill was in a thank you note. Oh, then, that's cool. So I thought that was cool, but that was just a piece of the experience. The rest exactly. of the experience wasn't yeah. great. I don't, I think very few restaurants and I have, I'm not well-traveled and I'm, I'm going to come to you later where you can touch, touch on this, but I think very few nail it from the first step you come to their parking lot. Are there people out there entertaining, greeting you when you first walk in, what's that impression? And all the way through, I think very few nail it. Yeah, you're exactly right. All right. Beautiful. That's a great answer. That, yeah, it's a political answer of not answering it, but I, I like That's it. That's a great answer. All right. Um, excellent. Now time for uh, debatable. Wrong. And I think this is there's so many different issues out there. Artificial intelligence, what's going on, uh, driverless cars, multitasking. I want to talk about social media usage. You, you just okay. mentioned uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is uh, a person that obviously you said love it. I think what he's doing is amazing. And then you got people like Cal Newport. And if you're familiar with him from Georgetown, he wrote the book Deep Work and So Good They Can't Ignore You, where he actually wrote a, did a TED Talk on advising quitting social media because he believes now everyone is doing shallow work and they're constantly checking email, social media. Where do you stand on that between social media usage and the opposite, I mean, social media uses like Cal Newport, where don't use it all, versus Gary Vaynerchuk, which is pretty much running his life. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Vaynerchuk, I wouldn't want to live his life. I get some good ideas from him, but but here's here's my view on social media. Number one, Facebook. I love Facebook because I get to see my kids' friends grow up. I stay in touch with my nephew who lives in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. Wow. Uh, and see pictures of what he's doing. He teaches English over there. Um, so I love Facebook because it helps keep me in touch. But I'm not checking it 28 times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's the key. As far as my work, I've pretty much come down on that there is one social media venue that truly pays off for me, and it's LinkedIn. How, uh, how does that pay off for you? Because I've got clients, I have gotten jobs from people saying, hey, I follow you on LinkedIn, you you posted a couple of blogs there, and I went to your website, checked it out, we want you to come talk to our uh, our board retreat uh, in September. Okay. But it, it, it's, it's like Facebook for business, but it's, um, it, there's no silliness, it's fun sometimes, but uh, it's... It's substantive business, now, and I'm, I'm in a business-to-business arena, and a lot of the people that I do business with and want to do business with are on LinkedIn. Now, now would you argue that it makes more sense to you know, go all in and be great at one as opposed to trying to do five or six? Because I've realized that it's very difficult for a business or an individual to be very good at all of them. You just don't have the time. What would you, I, what, what would you, uh, you know, suggest? I think you got to go all in. That's that's why Jesse, I'm really thinking about just giving up on Twitter because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it gets me much of anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there are some people that Twitter's their deal, mm-hmm. and it totally gets them business. But for me, I think I'm not going to give up Facebook because socially that's fun for me. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, I, I'm I think I'm going to 
go deeper there. Do you see there's going to be a shift in the sense that people are so connected now that you're going to have more people getting off the other ones and focusing, like I said, all in on one or two max? I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, it's just that's not, not in my area of expertise. No, either do I. Either do I. Well, it's interesting. I think that's a big thing to see in the next five years, especially as AI and virtual reality comes in. But, you know, as there's so many business speakers, authors out there trying to compete, what social yeah. media are you using? It sounds like LinkedIn has been a, a winner for you. So that's good to hear. Excellent. All right, Joe, we're moving on to tool time. Uh, and yeah. to, what tool, uh, you know, are you using every day in your business? And it's very easy to say email, but, you know, other tools that work or, you know, what's an important tool you have in your business toolbox? You know, I got to go with one that's kind of a cliche, but I'm a writer mm-hmm. and I, I am on this all the time. And it's Google because when I'm when I'm writing about um, the impact of social media in terms of how your customers can drive new customers to you from the reviews they give your business on social media, for example, and I want examples of that and companies that are are intentional about about using that as part of their marketing. I, I mean, where do you go? You go to Google. I go to Google to get examples of everything in the world or just to learn more. Now, I got turned on to a tool yesterday, and it kind of ties into Google because I find a lot of articles on Google, and I love them, and I want to save them for future use. Just yesterday, a guy told me about uh, an app called Pocket where you've got an article on your screen. You go up to the Pocket icon in your toolbar at the top. You click it. Boom, the article is saved. So you've got all the articles that you want to use saved in one place. Love it. So that's a, a cool, you know, we'll see if I end up using it a lot or if I go, and eh, it wasn't that great. But right now, I'm, I think it's, it looks like it could be a great tool. Love it. Yeah. And I'm still, are you familiar with Evernote as well? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, every day I'm constantly putting notes on there. It's that fear of losing things that I'm like, I need to save it on Evernote. So it sinks. Yeah. Great. That's excellent. All right. Uh, moving on to. Hello. Yellow, mellow. Um, I think a lot of people talk about their morning routines. I want to talk about after a a day where you're working hard, potentially a stressful day, you know, what's your process that you go through winding down? Because I think uh, it's so important for entrepreneurs after a a long day. What what do you do and what do you suggest? I generally, because I do most of my like newspaper and periodical and, and website news reading Early in the morning, when I say early, I'm talking about 4.30, 5 o'clock. So in, in the evening, when I'm done, the way I tend to chill out is, is with my two daughters, uh, hanging out with them. They're 12, and the other one will be 16 two weeks from today, wow. and, uh, or two weeks from yesterday. And I, I spend time... Uh, I spend time with them and, and then also with Annette, my wife. And for me, that's the chill down thing. That's what I could take intravenously is time with my family. Outstanding. Now, are you able to turn off work? I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I, I need to get better at it because I, I'm, the, the positive way to frame this is to say that I'm incredibly conscientious about the quality of the work that I do. The, the, the way to frame it that I think is probably more useful is to say, I need to know when to set it down and stop worrying about whether it's good enough 
and just know that it's going to be there the next day and quit. I, I, I worry about it too much. I yeah. worry that I worry about the value that I'm creating, mm-hmm. which is I, that's OK to a point to be concerned about it. But to worry about it, that's counterproductive. 100%. And so I, I need to I need to be a little better. About yeah. letting it go. Yeah, yeah. The question I always get asked is, you know, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I'd love to just eliminate worrying. If you could, oh my god! <laughs> if you what could, a, I've never thought of that as a superpower. That would be incredible. If you could eliminate worrying, you know, the happiness that would be out in this world would be unbelievable. And oh my you, gosh! And people worry. It's often because of perception of what other people think. It's not necessarily yep. on them. It's everyone else. So that that's interesting yeah. that you bring that up. Okay, excellent, beautiful. All right, we're gonna go to another game, Joe. You ready to rock? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Business Jeopardy. So we've got four categories, restaurants, sports, technology, and movies. So remember, you have to answer with a question or what is this company? So do you, want to go, do you want to go with restaurants, sports, technology, or movies first? I'm going to try movies. All right. Uh, this is the highest grossing film of all time. <sighs> um... Uh, shoot, I know this isn't right. But I'm thinking it might be one of the Star Wars movies, but I, and I know this isn't right, but I'm going to say Titanic. Oh, Titanic is in the top three. Same, it's the same director. Does that give it away? Oh, uh, the the the, the virtual, not virtual reality, the kind of cartoony deal movie that he did. You're on the same with the blue guys, right? With the blue guys. Avatar is correct. That is, yes. What is Avatar? $2.7 billion. I feel feel pretty good about that. (laughs) I came close. All right. Now let's go. Uh, We're going to go to restaurants, sports, or technology on this one. I want restaurants. All right. How much would you like to wager? Um, Oh, I want to wager 500, Alex. All right, perfect. And if you get it wrong, it goes to me. Here we go. Uh, this sub shop was the fastest growing restaurant chain in 2015, but it slipped to number two in 2016. Jimmy John's. Bam. Oh, no, no, no. That was close. It was actually, Shoot. it was that Jimmy John's was up there. Jersey Mike's. What is Jersey, Jersey Mike's? Jersey Mike's. Wow. All right, here okay. we go. All right, sports or technology? Final two. I got to go sports. All right, this this is the professional sports team that's traded publicly on the stock market, and it's currently trading at $18. I'm going to guess it's a soccer team, and I don't know who. Ooh, all right, I'll give you half that. Uh, Manchester United. There you go. It's a soccer team. All right. The final one. Do you want to go all in on this one? Bet all your money? Does it have to be technology? That's well, This isn't really technology. It's it's not. It's it's a very easy one. Um, I'm, as, I'm as technologically proficient <laughs> as, a, as a beagle. All right. So we'll do a small wager on this one. All right. This company was sold to Disney for $7.8 billion. Um, oh, it was. How can I blank on this? Steve Jobs. Oh. I'm giving hints now. Pixar. Yes, Pixar. Bam. You see, you should have gone all in. All right. You have passed in business jeopardy. Joe, I told you this was going to be different, man. This isn't your typical show. I uh, love this. <laughs> oh, this is the best ever. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. We're going to finish up with a few more here. Um, we're going to go into Magic Moment. And I want you to picture that song now, this Magic Moment playing in the background. Um, give me one moment in your life that you'll never forget. It was a great book that just came out by Chip and Dan Heath about... Uh, uh, the power of moments, and it's made me think about everything we do in our business, about how do you create these special moments for every single person you interact with. What's one moment you'll never forget? 
I'll, I'll give you, I got to go with two. One is I remember the first, literally uh, the first words that I said to the woman who I, who was a t- total stranger, but we were in the same seminar and over lunch, I said something to her and about five years later, we got married. Oh, so wow. the first words I said to Annette, the second thing is I gave, I gave a keynote speech at the National Speakers Association, uh, gosh, two, 13 or 14 years ago. So I'm standing up in front of 2,000 of my peers. It's the most pressure. It's the most terrified I have ever been uh, uh, in anticipation of being on a stage in my life. And uh, the bottom line is it's the best speech I ever gave in my life. Why do you why do you think it was the best speech you ever gave in your life? Like how did that moment what what happened? It was it was part one year of total preparation. Love it. And Love it. and part um part magic. It was the right message with the right audience at the right time and you can't plan that. It was just magic. It just worked. I'm forever grateful, and it was it was one of the great things ever. Oh, outstanding! Now you didn't share the first words. The first words were, without explaining the context, the first words were, "Well, you know, some of what they're saying actually does make sense." <laughs> that was your opening. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked. It, well, it ultimately worked. <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. All right. We'll finish up with the last few segments here. Now, this this segment is called Now That's What I Call Service. And you asked me that tough question about the best restaurant experience. I know you've, you've traveled a lot, but what's your best personal customer service experience? One experience that you had that you just wowed you from the beginning. Yeah, I, I was in Barcelona two weeks ago uh, with a group of executives that we... we took to visit innovative companies and we uh we went to a restaurant that's known as is not by me but by tons of people in the in the food industry is one of the top two or three restaurants in the world and disfrutar is the name of it we had a 23 course lunch now and we weren't full at the end (laughs) of it but listen to this this I was sitting with with four other. We were real, we're all real foodies. We've been to the best restaurants in the world. And at the end of the meal, the waitress said, um, do, "Would anybody like any espresso or anything else?" Three of us ordered espresso. When she went to go get them, one of the guys we were sitting with went left the table to go to the bathroom or something. She came back with the three espressos, set mine down, set the, the, another person's down. She saw that Paul had left the table and said, I'm going to go pour this one out and I'll do him a new one when he comes back. Wow. It was such attention to detail. I'm not going to let this sit here for 90 seconds w- while he's gone. Wow. I'll bring him a new one when I see that he's reseated. And we all looked at each other and just went, that's seemingly such a small thing, but it speaks volumes about 
business. And that was just the waitress. That wasn't the owner or manager, probably. It was just exactly. someone that, that's that's the big thing right there. Man, that just knocked me out. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Beautiful. All right, Joe, we are on to the Survivor Challenge. I'm going to ask Survivor-like questions, and if you get it right, the if you don't get it right, the interview is over right then. It's just done, all right? I mean, well, you didn't survive. <laughs> but, but, the, <laughs> but the questions are completely opinion-based, so it'll be my judge if they're right or wrong. All right. Uh, Joe, you're... You can't mention that restaurant. What is your favorite restaurant, your go-to restaurant, in maybe in Nashville? In Nashville? Uh, in, in Nashville, it's Etch, E-T-C-H, downtown. Okay. Extraordinary. Just, they, they, they get it all, everything right. All right. You passed that one because I don't know it, so I can't probably answer you. All right. Your favorite band of all time? Of all time is the Beatles. Beatles. Outstanding. All right. Favorite color? Be careful, Joe. It's it's between it's between light yellow <laughs> and striking yellow. I'm going to go with striking yellow. All right, you're doing well so far. Beautiful. All right, favorite favorite book. This is a tough one. I know for anybody author anyone who reads, what's one book you go to? Oh. I'm I'm going to say and shoot, I'm blanking on the author's name. Oh no. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of a tie between Killer Angels, which is a uh, his, historical fiction about the Civil War in a, in a fairly recent book called A Gentleman in Moscow. Okay. And I don't remember either of the author's names, but A Gentleman in Moscow may be the best book I've ever read. Wow, outstanding. Excellent. And favorite TV show and favorite movie to finish out the Survivor Challenge? Favorite movie, Casablanca with uh, Humphrey Go Bogart and yep. Grace Kelly. Favorite TV show? Oh, I don't... I don't watch a lot of TV show. You know, for years, my favorite TV show back when I watched TV was MASH. MASH. Okay, going back. Beautiful. All right, Joe, congratulations. Uh, I will agree to pass you on the Survivor Challenge. So, <laughs> yes. You made it. The interview is not over. So uh, we're down to our final segment. Uh, this has been ridiculous, which is great. Uh, we are down to our final segment, which is the final four. So four final questions, which I'm very intrigued to hear your answers on. So number one. What's something that you've done differently in your life to stand out? I, I think I would have to say, it, and it, it's took me a long time to get to this point, but to, um, to, to not try and be impressive to people, but, but be genuine and be who I am, truly who I am to people, and, and not worry about trying to impress anybody. Outstanding. That's great advice. All right, now what do you think makes someone stand out in business and in life? Not just you, but someone in general. Boy, um, I, 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 I would have to go with, this is one thing, not the only thing, but one thing is when you're dealing with somebody that genuinely, genuinely loves what they're doing, that almost always comes through in an incredibly positive and enriching way to the to the other person, to the receiver. Outstanding. So basically, just someone, f make sure you find something that you love what you do and, and be all in on it. Yeah. Excellent. Outstanding. All right, final two here. Joe, the best advice you've ever received? Say no to things. Say no to the things you want to say no to. D just... 
one of my favorite quotes of the last 10 years, Warren Buffett, who said the difference between successful people and extremely successful people is that extremely successful people say no to almost everything, which seems counterintuitive, Jesse. But what that means is they understand what's important. They know the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. How many of us go to that party and once we get there, we say, why in the world did I say yes to doing this? Hmm. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. I knew I wouldn't want to be here when I said yes to it. Say no to the negative people in your life. Say no to the stuff that separates you from your values. I just think saying no is the best advice I ever got. Outstanding. And finally, Joe, the final question here. How do you want to be remembered? Easy one. I want to be remembered as he was a great dad. He was a he was a great husband. He was a really good friend. He was a good brother. Love That's it. it. Keep it simple, right? Yep. Outstanding. Joe, this was great. The first ever Business Done Differently podcast. I think you passed with flying colors. I have done quite literally a couple of hundred podcasts over the last few years. This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This, not because of me, but your format, my friend, this is a hit. Thank you for doing this. Wow, you've officially won. Now you are officially a recur- <laughs> you're a reoccurring guest on the show now. Everybody, we will have Joe Calloway on the show every week from now. <laughs> exactly. My, my uh, guest next time will be Joe Calloway. Again, it's Joe Calloway. Now, a- outstanding. Joe, seriously, it was a lot of fun. You know, how can people learn more about you? I, I mean, like I mentioned, we're going to put all your books in the show notes, but how can people connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, just go to the website. The blog is there, videos. It's just my name, Joe Calloway, which is Joe, C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y, JoeCalloway.com. Oh, hey, if they go to the video page and scroll all the way down, they can they can download 21 short videos for free. So that's kind of that's kind of a cool thing. Outstanding. And, and like I said, guys, check out his books. They're one of the easiest, best reads and practical advice. Joe, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I loved having Thank you on the show. You. Thanks, my friend. Have a great day. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Business Done Differently podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. And if you could leave a review, it would mean the world to me, especially five stars. But now we're releasing episodes every Monday and Thursday. So stay tuned. But until then, stop standing still. Start standing out.